Hey guys, PD here. I hope you're doing awesome. Um, today I want to share with you a piece, um, a really famous piece out of the Bible, um, out of Ezekiel 37. And that's the part where we read about God t telling Ezekiel um, through a vision to prophesy to these bones so that these bones may live. And and I've heard this teaching so many times, like um, touched on by Christian teachers and all kinds of teachers. And I've never come across one who really delves into this scripture and actually reads what is being said in context. Because a lot of times we use the scripture as a prophetic action, you know, um, we're, we're, we're speaking this into whatever situation we want to speak it into. But what we actually want to need, what we need to do is, is we need to look at where the scripture is actually sitting in its original context. So we can see why did God in the first place give us the, the scripture about the bones that we, that we read in our Bibles. Um, so let's dive into this. And I think that you're going to be so um, surprised if you've never really paid attention to this, like I was the first time that I delved into this scripture. So I want us to open in Ezekiel 37. And here we read, The hand of Yahweh was upon me and took me out by the spirit of Yahweh and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was filled with bones. And he made me pass among them all around and see there were very many on the surface of the valley and see they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, would these bones live? And I said, oh, master, Yahweh, you know. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and you shall say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the words of Yahweh. Thus said the master Yahweh to these bones, see, I am bringing you in you a spirit and you shall live and I shall put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put a spirit in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am Yahweh. And I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and there was a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked and saw sinews of flesh came upon them and skin covered them, but where there was no spirit in them. And then he said to me again, prophesy into the spirit, prophesy son of man, and you shall say to the spirit, thus said the master Yahweh, come from the four winds of spirit and breathe on these killed ones so that they live. And I prophesied as he commanded me and the spirit came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet, a very great army. So now we just read about this whole story and some of you might just be like totally confused about what's going on here. And now I just want to really explain this to you. God talked to um, Ezekiel and he told him to prophesy to these bones. The bones came together, the, the flesh came upon them and, they, and, and he prophesied a second time because there was no spirit in them again. So he prophesied a second time and he said, bones come together. And he, he said, spirit, I call you from the four corners of the winds and I, and I call you to breathe on these on these on these dead um, bodies and the spirit entered them and they came to life. And then we read here in in verse 11. And he said to me, son of man, these bones are all the house of Israel. See, they say our bones are dry, our expectation have perished and we ourselves have been cut off. So he's, he's saying that so we know that the identity of these bones, this who the, what this prophet is about 
is the house of Israel. Now, quick history lesson. There is a house of Israel and there's a house of Judah. The house of Judah, we have 12 tribes of Israel and two houses. The 12 tribes of Israel, we read it in the Bible, and and those tribes have been split into two houses. The house of Judah and the house of Israel. The house of Judah is who we know or call today as the Jews are from the tribe of Levi, Benjamin, and um, Judah. So now we have the house of Judah, and then we have the house of Israel, which is the remaining tribes. So we have these two houses. And here God is saying that these bones that is being prophesied to is the house of Israel. And the house of Israel have lost their identity today. We all know who the house of Judah is. The house of Judah are those who identify and know that they're Jews. They have kept their identity. The house of Israel can be me. It can be you. It can be anyone who, since we, the house of Israel was scattered all across the earth. And so they lost their identity. So you can either be actually like bloodline part B, one of, a part of the houses of, of the house of Israel, if you're not Jewish. Or you could just not be and you can be grafted into Israel. The point is, is that you are grafted into the house of Israel no matter what you are. No matter what your background is. No matter what bloodline you're from. If you believe in Yeshua the Messiah and you follow the God of Israel, you are becoming part of the house of Israel. And so this prophecy is to this house. And now I want to speak to this house of Israel. And I want to tell you that the father is saying, he's prophesying and he's saying, come together. I'm speaking on my spirit over you. I am calling flesh on your bones and I'm calling the dead to rise. He says here, verse 12, Oh my people, I'm opening your burial sites and shall bring you up from your burial sites and shall bring you into the land of Israel. And you, son of man, take a stick for yourself and ride on it. For Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and ride on it. For Joseph, for the stick of Ephraim, and for the house of Israel, his companions. Then bring them together for yourself into one stick, and they shall become one in your hand. So he's talking about two sticks. He says, okay, so I want you to take two sticks, and I want you to ride on the one stick, the house of Israel. And the one stick is for Judah. And then he says, you take these two sticks and you bring them together and they shall become one in your hand. And he says, and when the children of your people speak to you saying, why won't you show us what you mean by these? Say to them, thus is the master Yahweh. See, I'm taking the stick of Joseph, which is the hand of Ephraim, the tribes of Israel, his companions, and shall give them unto him with the stick of Judah and make them one stick and they shall become one in my hand. So God here, guys, we need to listen to this. We need to understand what God is saying here. He is saying that first, what he's going to do is he's going to create an incredible unity and life in the, 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 the house of Israel. He's going to put his spirit in the house of Israel. He's going to bring the house of Israel to life like never before. There is going to be unity in the house of Israel. The house of Israel is going to start understanding who they are. He's going to give them their identity back. Because today we have many Christians who have no idea what the house of Israel even is and the house of Judah even is if we talk about it this way. So now God is restoring that and he's restoring, he's first restoring unity within the house of Israel. We have 300 million denominations today. There is no unity. We have racism. We have 
all of these, I believe this, you believe that, so you stay on this side, I'll stay on this side. I'll believe what I believe, you can believe what you believe. God is saying no more of that. I am calling you together. I am calling you to be one. I am calling, putting my spirit in you. I'm calling my spirit from the four winds into you. And when the spirit is truly in you, there will be unity. Is what the Lord says. And then he says, when that is accomplished, when they, when the flesh has come upon them and their bodies have rised from their burial sites, then what he will continue to do is he will take this two sticks. He will take the stick of Israel. He will take the stick of Judah, the house of Israel, the house of Judah, and he will put them together in his hand and they will be one. I shall make them one nation, the land of the mountains of Israel, and one sovereign shall be sovereign over them at all. And let them no longer be two nations and let them no longer be divided into reigns. Today, Christians, who we call Christians or people who follow the Messiah, Messianic, uh, whatever you want to call them, they are in one group. And then we have another group and they're called, we, they identify themselves as the Jews, the Jewish people and who generally do not believe in the Messiah. And right now, those groups are not only divided, but in opposition to each other. There, has, there is an incredible opposition. There's an incredible hardening of the heart of Christians against the Jewish people. And there's an incredible hardening of the Jewish people against Christians. Obviously, I'm generalizing here, but this is the general trend of what's going on. And so... Here the Lord says that they will no longer be two kingdoms. They will no longer be two reigns, but they will become one in him. And he says, verse 23, and they shall no longer defile themselves with their idols, nor with their disgusting matters, nor with any of their transgressions. And I shall save them from all their dwelling places, which they have sinned. And I shall cleanse them and they shall be my people and I shall be their God. While David, my servant is sovereign over them and they shall all have one shepherd and walk in my right rulings and guard my laws and do them. So all of you guys were saying we shouldn't keep the law of God. What, what are we going to do about this? Because the father is calling us into unity with the Jewish people. And what I mean by that, guys, listen to me, listen to me and understand me very well. I am not not saying that the Jewish people are in truth. I'm not saying that when we talk about Orthodox Judaism, I'm not saying that that is truth. But what the father is saying is that he is going to put his spirit in us. He's calling us to be unity in the house of Israel, which we have been grafted into. And then he will, what he will then do is he will make the Jewish people jealous of what we have. He is calling us into a place of following his instructions. He's calling us into a place of being filled with his spirit. Those two things he's calling us into. And he's calling us into a place of unity with each other. See, when you truly have the spirit within you and you follow his instructions, guess what? There will not be all of these church denominations anymore. Because the only reason that church denominations exist is because they either, number one, do not believe in the, in the Holy Spirit or, in the, in, or, in the, or they're not full of the Holy Spirit. Or number two, they do not believe in the truth. But he said that your truth is Torah. Torah is the truth. So he's saying that if, the reason we have this unity is because we either do not believe in, in the fullness of the Spirit or we do not believe in the fullness of keeping His instructions. And so now the Father today is calling us in the Spirit and truth to do those things so there can come unity. Today, as I am speaking in South Africa where I am at, there is a huge gathering of over 
around 2 million people they're estimating getting together. 2 to 3 million people they've prepared a place for. Who's getting together on a huge farm. South Africans getting together. People who profess themselves to be Christians. Black, white, all kinds of races, all kinds of denominations. They're coming together one for Christ. There's no longer a thing of this or that. There's no separation. And this I want to submit to you that this is the beginning of something great. This is a picture of the, what the Father is going to start doing right across the earth. There are many prophecies that have been spoken where the God is going to start something, even in Africa, where it's going to spread across Africa and across the whole earth. And today I want to tell you that if you have ears, you need to hear because it has started. And you need to understand the fullness thereof right now. This is what this video is about. He says, They shall no longer defile themselves with their idols, nor with any disgusting matters. What is disgusting matters? Where you would not know what is an abomination to God unless you understand and study His Torah. When we go into the front of our books, God establishes the standard of holiness. He says that this is what is holy to me. This is what is set apart to me. And this is what is not set apart. This is what is the profane. This is what is an abomination to me. And see, today we, a lot of us, have tossed his instructions aside and with that we have tossed his standard of holiness aside and we have proclaimed that the father must have changed because what was an abomination to him is no longer an abomination to him today i'm professing to you that the father has not changed and we need to return and return from our disgusting matters the New Testament is not going to tell us all about what is disgusting. The New Testament is only building on what the Old Testament already told us. The Apostles is only building on what the Old Testament already, on what the Torah already told us. Yeshua is only building on what His Father gave us in the beginning. He said, I have not come to bring you a new instruction. I have come to bring you what my Father has started in the beginning. He has come to bring fullness to what His Father has started in the beginning. So in verse 25, and they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt. And they shall dwell in it, they and their children and their children's children forever, forever. And my, and my servant David be their prince forever. And I shall make a covenant of peace with them, an everlasting covenant. It is with them. Everlasting means forever. And I shall place them and increase them and place my set apart place in their midst forever. My dwelling place shall be over them. I shall be their God and they shall be my people. And the nation shall know that I am Yahweh and setting Israel apart when my set apart place is in their midst forever. He's saying that he, when all of this is finished, when all of this is accomplished, when these two sticks have been brought together, he is going to place, he'll call his people back to Israel. And what he will do is he will actually put his, he will establish a set up our place again in that place. This is, this is what the prophecy says. And I want to submit to you that I believe that he is talking about a, a millennium here, or he's talking about a, a place in the future that is, that is to come. Because this unity has not taken place yet. But now the question is, PD, how are we going to establish that unity? Paul knew about this, this um, prophecy. And he actually gave us commentary on this. And a lot, most people, they don't understand that this is commentary because they don't read it in, in this context. But I want to show you what Paul writes in Romans 11. So in Romans 11, verse 11, he says, So I ask, did they, the Jews, stumble in order that they might fall? 
by no means, rather through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles. So as to make Israel jealous. Now there's something important that we need to establish here. When Paul is speaking about Israel and the Gentiles, he, is saying, he's, he understands that the Gentiles, when they come into Christ and believe in Christ, they are grafted into Israel. And we're going to read about that now. So he, he says that if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? You see, so all of these Christian teachers and people out there who are saying that the Jews are lost and there's no hope for them. And, you know, they're that's it. God has abandoned them. Paul is saying that if they have been excluded and this is what is happening, how much more there will be riches for the Gentiles with the inclusion of the Jews. And how, why does he say that? Because the Jews have an incredible knowledge of the front of our book. We as we as who are we who are grafted into Israel, we have we have been separated from that. We come from a pagan background. We come from a, a background of 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 all kinds of stuff that's got nothing to do with the Bible. And so we have we want nothing to do with the Jewish people. But meanwhile, what we are supposed to do is shine our light to them so they can become jealous of what we have. They can envy what we have. They can be like, whoa, that's amazing. I want that relationship with God. And so they will come to us and say, what is this hope within you? How do you have this relationship with God? And then we will tell them about our Messiah, Yeshua, the Messiah. And then what would happen is they will come into the faith and they will share with us generations and generations of revelation from their from from the front of the book from the word of God and guess what it's the word of God that became flesh in the form of Messiah so ultimately what we're doing is we're all actually learning more about the Messiah together just in different ways we're teaching them what we have learned from the spirit in terms of the spiritual things and they will teach us the truth they will teach us from the truth what is and what I mean by truth is the Torah, right? And what I'm, please note that the Jews I'm talking about right now are Jews then who have come in to the faith of believing in Yeshua as our Messiah. Jews who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about Orthodox Jews right now. And he says in verse 13, Now I'm speaking to you Gentiles, and as much then as I'm an apostle to the Gentiles, I'm, I magnify my ministry, in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous, and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? For if the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot were grafted in, as I said, we are grafted in to Israel among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree. Do not be arrogant towards the branches if you are. Remember, it's not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say branches were broken off so that I may be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. And that's the Jews. But you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, which is the, the, the house of uh, Judah, neither will he spare you. 
If God did not spare them, he will not spare you. Note the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. He's saying, God is saying that he will graft them in when they turn from their unbelief. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into the olive tree? Lest you be wise in your own sight. I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel. And he's talking about the house of Judah when he says that. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from his eye. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them. Will I take away their sins? So he's saying that when the fullness of the Gentiles come in, the fullness of those who become grafted into Israel, into the olive tree, into Yeshua, those who are grafted into him, when the fullness of them come in, when we understand and walk in the spirit, and both in spirit and in truth, and when we are in unity, when our bones start to come together and when the flesh comes upon us and we become filled with the spirit, and we start living in that way and there's unity when that has taken place and it has not taken place yet. But when that takes place, then he says, and in this way, all Israel will be saved. And this is simply Paul expanding on what we read about the prophecy in Ezekiel. And today I want to submit to you that I've, the, the, the reason that the, the Jewish people don't want Yeshua is not because there's something wrong with Yeshua necessarily. But oftentimes it's because there's something wrong with the Yeshua that we are presenting them. Because we have been presenting them with a Yeshua that abolishes the very front of our books. You would say, no, PD, that's not true. But in the same breath, we would profess that the Sabbath has been abolished. In the same breath, we would profess that the first, all of the first books in our Bible are no more applicable to us than nice bedtime stories. In the same breath, some others of us will profess that healing and deliverance, walking and casting our demons every day and walking and healing every single day. And all of these things is not for us anymore, but was only for, for, for Yeshua or for his disciples. You see, we have this divide right now and we are bones. God is saying today that he is professing and he's prophesying today through multiple leaders and through multiple people. He's still going to raise that these two elements is going to need to come together. So these bones may live. And so I want to ask you the question, brother, are you one of those who are opposing and fighting the very prophecy that God is trying to bring to life? Are you the one actually speaking death over those bones? Saying to those bones, go to death. Because the word says that the Torah is life. The Torah brings life. The Torah is good. The word of God, the truth is good. So if you are the one speaking death or against the word of God, in Matthew 5, 17, we read that whoever says and teaches that the law and the prophets, the Torah and the prophets have been abolished, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. 
And he's saying, whoever speaks against these bones living will be called least in the heaven. And he says, whoever speaks for the Torah and the prophets and teaches means to do them. We call great in the kingdom of heaven. And he continues and says, not one jot or tittle will vanish until all is accomplished. Not one jot or tittle will vanish from the Torah until all is accomplished. And all will be accomplished when we is accomplished only when we get to what we read at the very end there. When we're all back in Israel, we're all back in the promised land where there is unity between the house of Israel. And the house of Israel encompasses all of the what we call Gentiles that are grafted into the olive tree. When there is unity between them and the house of Judah, our Jewish brothers. Who we need to set an example for because God has placed this example upon us. See, in the beginning, God placed the responsibility of preserving his word, preserving his, the front of his book and writing it. He gave it to the house of Judah. Primarily, he gave it to those who we call the Jews today, primarily. And then he now today, he is giving the responsibility of living the fullness of of Messiah walking exactly as he walked. He's giving that responsibility to the house of Israel. And when that responsibility has been fulfilled in the house of Israel, that light will shine to the house of Judah and the Jews will come to Jesus. They will come to Yeshua. All right, guys, so I hope this blesses you. I hope this encourages you to just follow him deeper. Man, test everything that I say to scripture. Go into scripture. Don't come and comment and battle what I say with what your pastor taught you. I am saying something today that you will not understand unless you toss everything aside and get alone with God. Right? You need to get alone with God and seek the truth in his word. If you do not do that, you will be deceived. For our churches, mainstream Christianity not, is not teaching us this. There are many churches that are good and in truth. But when we talk about mainstream Christianity, we are not being taught this. And they will oppose what I say. Just as they opposed Yeshua when he walked this earth. So go into the word and seek what I say. Test everything that I say against the standard of the word. Because it's time for us to start living. It's time for us to breathe the spirit in. And so right now, Holy Spirit, Father, I prayed you would come from the four corners of the wind. Father, right now, Lord, I pray you would fill every single one of us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Father, I, I, try, I believe, Father, that you've already started to bring the bones together. You've already started to bring the flesh upon us, Lord. And today, Father, I profess, Lord, that you will bring your Spirit. Father, you will bring your Spirit from the four corners, Lord, and you will put your breath in us today, Father. You will put your Spirit in us today, Father. Lord, I thank you that you will bring us to the fullness of walking as Yeshua walked, Lord. You will bring us to the fullness of walking exactly like He walked to stop making excuses. For I thank you, Lord, for truth and spirit to come together, Lord. And I thank you for unity, Lord. We profess unity of what is happening right now as I make this video. This unity that is happening, Lord, in many assemblies today, Father, where, where people are coming together. We profess that unity across the world today. Across the world, Lord, I thank you, Father, for nations coming together so that the tribe of the house of Israel can be restored. In the name of Yeshua, I mean.
Alright guys, may God bless you and keep you. I thank you so much for sticking through this. Please share this video. I believe that this is incredibly important. This is so much more important. This video is so much more important than, than I think most of us would ever grasp. Please share this. I don't even, I think I don't even understand the importance of this. I feel the Holy Spirit is saying. So please share this video. It's not for about me, guys. It's not about PD. It's not about anything of my ministry. This is about something way bigger. This is about unity in the body of Christ. So please share this so that we can come together in unity to provoke jealousy in the house of Judah. So that they can become unity. In the name of Yeshua, Lord, I thank you. Have an amazing day. <laughs>